Oh, God, look who's here. Today I went to the programme hut on Occupation Road. Derek Garston said to me, Hello, Archibald. As always, your presence fills me with the purest joy. I was confused when Derek Garston said this, so I did some detective work. On the wall, there was a Watford Football Club team photograph. I saw that the players in the photograph were happy because they were being photographed in their Watford Football Club kit. So I compared Derek Garston's face to the faces of the players, and I saw that Derek Garston's face was not the same as their faces, which meant that Derek Garston was lying when he said he was happy. Or that his face was lying. I didn't know which. Are you just going to stand there and gulp at me all day? I said no, because I was not going to just stand there and gulp at him all day. I assume you want a programme. This was not a question, so I did not say anything. It might have been chatting, but I do not do chatting. Do you want a programme, Archibald? This was a question. I said yes. Tell me which one you want. I said I want the programme for Watford Football Club versus Darlington Football Club at Vicarage Road on the 14th of May 1977. The game two days ago? God, that was dull. Why would you want to go to that? When Derek Garston asked me this question, I tried to think what answer I should give. Some of the possible answers were because I like watching football and because I like calculating the angle of the ball every time it changes direction and because I like counting the number of shots on target, shots off target, completed passes, aerial duels won and aerial duels lost. But there were too many answers and they started filling my brain and I didn't like it. So I started making the groaning noise I make when I don't want my brain to fill up. OK, OK. I'll just get you the programme. One minute and 23 seconds later, Derek Garston came back and said, I... I don't get this. All the copies are gone. Someone must have stolen them. And this was the start of my investigation into the curious incident of the missing programmes. Haunted Heaven The Curious Incident of the Missing Programmes Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Year 1977 My name is Archibald Cuthbert Aloysius Enfield. I am 16 and I am dead. I died on the 4th of February 1901. Today is the 17th of May 1977, which means that I have been in Hornet Heaven for 76 years, 3 months and 13 days and that my criminal investigation is now in its second day. Hey, Archibald, what are you up to? I am investigating a crime, Mr Johnny Allgood. Right? Well, I don't think you'll be able to open any of these lock-up garages no matter how hard you kick the doors. 
Stop kicking the doors, please, Archibald. Mr Johnny Allgood was the first ever manager of Watford Football Club. He has been very helpful to me since he arrived in Hornet Heaven on the 20th of May 1942. I trust him. There, that's better. Now, is there something else you'd like to do instead? I want to interrogate suspects to identify the thief, Mr Johnny Allgood. Ach, that may not turn out so well, Archibald. Why? Well, you see, how best to put it? Detectives are trained in how to speak to people, and you haven't had the training. You know, Archibald, I think it would be for the best if you cease your investigation. What Mr Johnny Allgood said was an opinion, not an instruction or an order. That is why when he had gone, I carried on doing detective work and finding things out. I went back to the programme hut. Derek Garston was chatting to Mr Henry Grover. He is the man who founded Watford Rovers Football Club in 1881. Derek Garston said, Something needs to change at this club, Mr Grover, sir. I did not like it when Derek Garston said this. I do not like change. I am someone who likes things to stay the way they are. Mr Henry Grover said, I understand your frustration, dear boy. Thankfully, we've made a start by letting go of Mike Keane. I think we exhausted the poor man. The next manager will definitely need to upgrade the playing staff, Mr Grover, sir. I mean, why have we still got Arthur Horsfield? Arthur Horsfield is a cart horse, Mr Grover, sir. Derek Garston was wrong because... Arthur Horsfield is not a cart horse. He is a man. He is a man who plays football for Watford Football Club. I told Derek Garston this. Derek Garston stared at me and said, God, you're an idiot, Archibald. Derek Garston was wrong about this too. An idiot is someone whose mental age never exceeds two. I am not an idiot. I know this because when I was alive, a doctor in a top hat explained the classifications to my mother. Someone whose mental age is between two and seven is an imbecile, and someone whose mental age is between seven and twelve is a moron. I am an imbecile. The doctor thought I should go and live in Leavesden Asylum, where they administer care for quiet and harmless imbeciles. But in the end, my mother said I wouldn't be able to cope with the upheaval, and she looked after me at home until I died. I told Derek Garston that I am an imbecile, and he said, <laughs> I do not know why Derek Garston laughed. This happens a lot because I do not understand jokes. I also do not understand metaphors. I think metaphors should be called mistakes or lies because Arthur Horsfield is not a cart horse and Elton John is not a queen or any sort of member of a royal family. But my friend Mr Johnny Allgood says I can stop metaphors being lies by turning them into similes. All I have to do is add the word like, which would turn what Derek Garston said into... Arthur Horsfield is like a cart horse. This is not a mistake or a lie because Arthur Horsfield is slow and not very good at kicking a football. This advice is one of the ways Mr Johnny Allgood has been helpful to me.
I never knew my father, and my mother did not come to Hornet Heaven because she did not like football. Mr Johnny Allgood is like a father to me. But this is what is called a digression, and I must get back to the story of the curious incident of the missing programmes. At the hut, I pursued my inquiries with Mr Henry Grover. I said, Did you steal the programmes, Mr Henry Grover? What? Good Lord, that's quite an accusation. Straight off the bat, young Archibald. It is a question, not an accusation, Mr Henry Grover. Did you steal the programmes? No, Archibald, I didn't steal them. And... As a matter of fact, I don't particularly care that they're missing, because the Darlington match was so dull that the thief has done everyone a service, frankly. Then I went up to Mr Fred Padnam, who was manager of Watford Football Club from 1926 to 1929, and asked if he stole the programmes. Mr Fred Padman said, Bayek, you get straight to the point, don't you, lad? No beating about the bush and he made a noise called chuckling, and he patted my head. I do not like being touched, so I hit him to make him stop patting my head, and that was when a lot of people started shouting at me, and I had to make a barking noise like a dog to keep them away from me, and soon Mr Johnny Allgood came up to me and suggested I should have a break from my interrogations, and we went and sat down in the supporters' club headquarters. I do not like change, and I do not like people touching me, but there are things that I do like. I like numbers and doing calculating. That is why I know that 702 players have played in league matches for Watford Football Club since 1896, and that Watford Football Club have played 1,156 competitive football matches at Vicarage Road before today. Another thing I like is songs by Mr Elton John, and this is why Mr Johnny Allgood asked Mr Jack Gran, who plays the piano in the Supporters Club headquarters, to play me one of my favourite Mr Elton John songs. The song called Rocket Man, to relax me after my detective work. But I did not really want to relax because I had a crime to solve and I told Mr Johnny Allgood this. Mr Johnny Allgood said, I'm sure the programmes will turn up again in due course, if we're patient Archibald. And we don't want to bother our fellow residents if we can avoid it. So let's sit and listen to the music for a few minutes. I did what Mr Johnny Allgood said, but I also looked around the room. I am always looking at things and taking them in because I am observant. I saw that Alderman Ralph Thorpe was sitting near us. Alderman Ralph Thorpe was once the mayor of Watford, as well as the chairman of Watford Football Club and today he was not wearing his mayoral robes. This was not normal, and I do not like things that are not normal because it means they have changed. Change means new things, and new things can overload my brain with information. I told Mr Johnny Allgood that the alderman was not normal. Ah, it's okay, Archibald. It could just be a temporary thing. Let's ascertain the facts, shall we? The alderman was sitting listening to the music with his eyes closed. Mr Johnny Allgood went over to him and asked him where his robes were. The alderman opened his eyes and said, Eh? My robes? Oh, I left them under my seat at Saturday's game against Darlington, Johnny. I won't be wearing them again out of respect for Sir Elton John. 
I don't want my robes of office to distract people from the fact that he's going to be the club's greatest benefactor. Wait, how can that be a fact? And did you just call him Sir Elton John? Sounds like you know something we don't. Oh, oh uh, no, no, of course not. Did I say sir? Oh, slip of the tongue. We all know Elton John is just a fanciful dreamer. His ambition is expressed in the Terry Chalice painting that was presented to him on the pitch before the Darlington game on Saturday is frankly ridiculous. I did not know what this painting was because I had not been to the match yet. That may be so, Alderman. But when a chairman sets out such huge objectives, it can be very difficult for some fans. A lot of football supporters are quite attached to what they've become used to and find it hard to adapt. Some people might prefer it to be a long, long time before we qualify for Europe. Ah, I know what you're doing there, Johnny. I've learned. That's a lyric from this Elton John song we're listening to, Rocket Man. No one's going to catch me out like that anymore. Anyway, as for how long it'll be before we qualify for Europe, all I'll say is don't be too surprised if someone or something puts a rocket under Elton John and he gets us there within, say, six years. <laughs> six years? With respect, Alderman, I really don't think so. Mr. Johnny Auger came back over to me and said, Don't listen to the Alderman Archibald. You don't need to worry about a change like that happening so quickly. When Mr. Johnny Orgood said this, I was still trying to understand why someone would put a rocket under Mr. Elton John, because that would be a criminal offence and very dangerous, so I was not worrying about change. Then I stopped trying to understand, and I remembered I was in the middle of investigating a crime, and I went back outside. Outside the programme hut, there was a queue of people. I went and stood behind Mr. Freddy Sargent in the queue. I asked him, Did you steal the programmes, Mr. Freddy Sargent? What? Get away from me, impertinent boy. Mr. Freddy Sargent moved away, and now Mr. Charlie Peacock was in front of me. I asked him, Did you steal the programmes, Mr. Charlie Peacock? Mr. Charlie Peacock moved slowly away backwards. Then all the people in front of him moved slowly away backwards and now there was nobody in front of me except Derek Garston who was serving the programmes and Derek Garston said, Inquiry's going well, Sherlock. Ha 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 Mr. Johnny Allgood arrived behind me and said it was probably time for another break from detecting and got two copies of a programme from Derek Garston and took me through the ancient turnstile to an old football match he said he knew I would like. On the Vicarage Road Terrace, the spectators did not move slowly away backwards. This is because they could not see me. They were alive in the land of the living, and I am dead in Hornet Heaven, and we are on the other side of what is called the Astral Plane. Mr Johnny Orgood asked me if I was feeling OK, and I said yes, because the Astral Plane stops the spectators from bumping into me and accidentally touching me. The astral plane also meant I could eliminate the 4,353 spectators at the game from my inquiries. Mr Johnny Allgood let me check the front of the programme to make sure I would be happy at the game. He said he had chosen the match because nothing had happened to make the fans noisy and scary. 
I looked at the opponents and the year and saw that it was a match that I do like. I also checked to make sure that the game had been on a Saturday at 3 o'clock because 3 o'clock on a Saturday is what is normal. In the season that has just ended, our match at Northwich Victoria Football Club kicked off at 2 o'clock and I did not like our match at Northwich Victoria Football Club for this reason. Although there were other reasons too and Mr Elton John now calls Northwich Victoria Football Club Northwich fucking Victoria Football Club, which is bad language. Mr Johnny Allgood said, Saturday, 3pm. You know, Archibald, I'm the same as you in many ways. I like to know where I am with things. Football boots should be black, and a centre forward should have the number nine on the back of his shirt. We're not so different, you and me. I find change difficult too. The match we were at was between Watford Football Club and Halifax Town Football Club on the 2nd of October 1976 and I knew there would be no goals. I never go to matches until someone has told me the result because I do not like the feeling of not knowing what is going to happen because it might be bad. In this game, I knew nothing was going to happen so I was not scared. Derek Garston says I am a weirdo because I always want to know the result before I go to watch a match. But Mr Johnny Allgood does not agree. He once said to me, Ah, suspense is overrated. It distracts the spectator from a full appreciation of a football match. By wanting to know what happens next, the ordinary fan is blinded to off-the-ball movement, patterns of play, adjustments of team formation and all manner of other things. But you're not the ordinary fan, Archibald. I think you see all these things, don't you? Mr Johnny Allgood was right. I see everything, and this is what makes going to football matches difficult for me. Most people are lazy and do not look at everything. If Derek Garston came back from this football match and was asked what he'd seen, he would grunt and say, A nil-nil draw! Whereas I would say, I have seen 4,353 people, of which 1,831 were sitting down and 2,522 were standing. I have seen four floodlight pylons, each with 36 bulbs in six rows of six. I have seen a wrapper from a suite called a Texan bar trapped underneath the Vicarage Road end goal netting which is white and has square holes of approximately three inches by three inches. I have seen a player for Watford Football Club called Mr Terry Eads who was playing in the second of his four matches on loan from Cambridge United Football Club of which three were home matches. And so on. When it got to half-time in the match, the football stopped, which meant I couldn't be counting tackles and calculating the angles of the passes, so I started to think about the stolen programmes again because there wasn't anything else to think about. I asked Mr Johnny Allgood if he knew who had stolen the programmes. Mr Johnny Allgood said, Ah, are you sure they've actually been stolen? They may have been temporarily borrowed. When he said this, I realised I had overlooked an important procedural point in my investigations. I still needed to establish the whereabouts of the programmes. And this was when things went wrong. Because when I tried to think where the programmes might be, there were so many possible places that my brain became full of all those possible places and I began to feel shaky and scared and I started doing groaning. This is what happens when I try to think about things that are not facts and why I do not make things up and only tell the truth. 
I cannot tell lies. Sometimes when Mr Johnny Orgood talks to other people, he calls my groaning a coping mechanism and says that everyone has different coping mechanisms like superstitions before football matches or biting fingernails during matches, which makes me not so unusual. But today Mr Johnny Orgood just said, Do you need to leave this much, Archibald? And we did. When we got back to Occupation Road, Mr Johnny Orgood suggested it might be better if I didn't try to think of all the possible places the programmes might be, but think of one at a time and investigate each location in turn and he would come with me to help. I thought this was a good idea, so while he was returning our programmes to Derek Garston in the programme hut, I set off through the official entrance of the stadium and down the concrete steps. I searched the groundsman's storage room, the home team dressing room, and the away team dressing room. I did this on my own because Mr Johnny Allgood hadn't come with me even though he had said he would. This meant he had lied and I began to feel a bit sick when I realised this but I made my brain concentrate on doing detecting. I went up the steps beneath the main stand. First I searched the director's bar, then I searched the boardroom. When I was in the boardroom I noticed that the room wasn't the same as normal which I did not like. There was a new painting on the wall and I did not like the painting because it did not make sense. It was a painting of Mr Elton John riding on the back of a hornet. This did not make sense because hornets are not large enough insects to be ridden by human beings and Mr Elton John is not such a small human being that he could ride an insect. Here he is, Mr Allgood, sir. I've found him. Suddenly Derek Garston was in the room with me. He saw the painting and said, Oh, right. This is the Terry Chalice painting they presented to Elton John at the Darlington match on Saturday. Well, look at the detail. It's amazing. I said, It is a stupid painting, Derek Garston. Don't you see? It's an allegory. An allegory is like a metaphor. Which means it is a lie, Derek Garston. No, it just needs to be interpreted, which I suppose isn't your bag. I don't have a bag, Derek Garston. Whatever. Basically, the painting's telling us Elton John's ambition for the club. Look, the liver bird means Elton wants us to get up to the top division alongside Liverpool and the Eiffel Tower means he wants us to play in Europe. And that's what I want. It's my absolute dream. I actually had a fantasy about it last week. A fantasy is your brain lying to you, Derek Garston. But if Elton... Wants this to happen, he can make it happen because he's a millionaire. Come on, Archibald, you never get excited and this is so exciting. Things round here are changing. I want things to stay the same. Elton wants us to be a Division One club. Elton wants us to compete in Europe. I don't want things to change. And this is when I closed my eyes and covered my ears and sat on the floor and started rocking backwards and forwards. Mr Johnny Allgood collected me and took me back to the Supporters Club headquarters. He asked Mr Jack Grant to play me songs by Mr Elton John again to relax me. I sat and listened while Mr Johnny Allgood went off to do something he said he had to do. After 23 minutes, Mr Johnny Allgood returned. He said... I've just been to the programme hut, Archibald. The missing programmes from the Darlington game have been returned. There's no need for any more investigating. I said, Who had stolen them, Mr Johnny Allgood? 
It means we can go to the Darlington game now. It was a nice, quiet, boring, one-all draw. Who took the programmes, Mr Johnny Orgood? <laughs> There's no need to carry on your inquiries, Archibald. We can concentrate on less stressful things now. And I'm looking forward to hearing the full season statistics from you when you've watched the Darlington game. For instance, I'd like to know Dennis Bond's pass completion percentage for the entire campaign. Remind me, what was the latest figure going into the game? Because I am observant, I noticed that Mr Johnny Allgood wasn't answering my questions. I asked him, Did you take the programmes, Mr Johnny Allgood? Ah, Archibald, I... Answer my question, Mr Johnny Allgood. Did you take the programmes? Archibald, please don't make me answer that. Why? Because... Because the truth will probably upset you. And the only other option is... Well... I never want to lie to you, Archibald. Given that you can't tell lies, it's only right that I don't. I am not stupid. This means that Mr Johnny Allgood had taken the programmes, but I was not upset because he hadn't lied. I asked him, Why did you take the programmes, Mr Johnny Allgood? Well, I didn't want lots of people to be able to go and look at the painting at the Darlington game. Why? Because it might make them very excited about the big changes that Elton wants to bring about, which I knew would be difficult for you because change upsets you. I was trying to protect you. Was it you who put the programmes back just now? Yes. Now that the painting's on show in the boardroom, everyone will see it. So there's no point keeping the programmes hidden. Anyone can go to the Darlington game now, if they want to. I thought about this for a bit. Then I said, I want to go to the game. I want to go with you. Mr Johnny Allgood made a face that could have been either happy or sad, but I couldn't tell. Thank you. That means a lot. I was worried you wouldn't want to anymore. Mr. Johnny Allgood held out a fist towards me with his thumb raised, which is called a thumbs up. He does this because sometimes he wants to hug me and I do not like to be hugged. I made a fist with a thumbs up too, and I held my fist very close to his so that our knuckles were nearly touching. Then I pressed my knuckles against his knuckles for four seconds and he said, Thank you. Now that the case of the curious incident of the missing programmes was solved, Mr Johnny Allgood and I went and stood on the Vicarage Road Terrace at the match between Watford Football Club and Darlington Football Club, which wasn't noisy and I knew would be a one-all draw. We watched Mr Elton John being presented with the Mr Terry Chalice painting before the kick-off. Mr Johnny Allgood said, You know, I've been thinking some more, Archibald. You don't really need to worry about the future. If Watford end up playing a lot of exciting matches against famous teams in front of big crowds, you don't need to go to watch. You can just carry on watching the games that suit the way you enjoy football. And I said, My favourite years were from 1920 to 1958, when Watford Football Club were in the same division for 38 seasons, so the matches were not frightening, Mr Johnny Allgood. And he said, If you want, 
you could try more of the coping mechanisms we've spoken about, if you're feeling brave. After all, you're definitely getting better at a lot of things. Mr Johnny Orgood looked out onto the pitch and said, which is more than I can say for Arthur Horsfield, who's out there at centre-half again. I used my mind to think very hard. Then I said the words, Arthur Horsfield is a cart horse, even though they did not make sense. And Mr Johnny Allgood did a thumbs up and I did a thumbs up and we made our knuckles touch again and I did not feel quite so scared of the Mr Terry Chalice painting that Mr Elton John was holding up to the crowd. And Mr Johnny Allgood said, Ah, you're a good lad, Archibald. I'm sure there are plenty of people who aren't ready for what Elton wants to happen to our club. People are often slow to adapt and move on. But I really hope you can enjoy whatever may lie in store. The End the Curious Incident of the Missing Programmes was written and produced by Ollie Wicken. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening.